Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we begin a new director spotlight with Christopher Nolan, and we begin it with The Prestige. This movie was released on October 20th. 2006 written by jonathan and christopher nolan directed by christopher nolan i am colton robertson i'm joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you i was particularly excited for today Mm. you know we're fresh off wes you know we're we're fresh off wes anderson we did his entire filmography in anticipation of asteroid city And now we're doing Christopher Nolan. We're doing a little Christopher Nolan in anticipation of Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a noted Wes. I would I would call myself a Wes Anderson fan. Mm -hmm. You know, for sure. Um, I can't. I can't say the same about Christopher Nolan. Mm. Um, I enjoy his work. I respect Mm -hmm. his work. But I I I'm not like oh if he's doing something. It's a guarantee that I'm going to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'll i let it sit. I'll let it pass. And that's what's fun about these this slate of movies we got. We got The Prestige, Dunkirk, and Tenet in anticipation of Oppenheimer, none of which I have seen. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Very rare um, in, in any of these projects that we do for mm. you to not see something in me have. I believe I have seen – I know I've seen The Prestige. Obviously, that this mm. one I have. And Tenet, I have seen one time. Gotcha. Um, Dunkirk, I think I'm... That one, I don't actually know. I think... Gotcha. No. I think I'm confusing it with a Leo, a DiCaprio movie. Um, Revenant, maybe? When he's in the... Um, fighting a bear or something? Yeah, in the, yeah. In the that's, woods. That's I, a... I remember watching that, but falling asleep, and I thought that it was Dunkirk. Um, Interesting. The, Dunkirk's the like a full-blown war movie. Ah, then no. So I, I have not seen that one either. So that'll be a first okay, watch for cool. both of us. But cool. But the other, two, yeah, that, that's, that's good. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these. This was the mm-hmm. first watch I had for the Prestige. Uh, you'd been built. You'd been hyping it up for me, and I was very excited. And it lived up to that hype. You know, mm-hmm. I had a, I had a great time. Um, you know, the Nolan work that I am familiar with, the Dark Knight trilogy, mm-hmm. um, Interstellar, Inception. Yeah, pretty sure those are the only five. Christopher Nolan movies I'd seen prior to this. Um, and, and, and of those, I would say he was like two and a half out of five for me. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. it's hit or not. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. ultimately solid. I mean, they're all well made. None of them are like, oh, this is yeah. objectively bad. It's just a, a matter of whether or not it's resonating with me. This for sure makes it three out of six at the very minimum. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I adore, I adore this movie and I like Batman Begins. So probably four out of six. Um, yeah, but it's, it's very interesting with Nolan because uh, like every you're right in saying that everything he does make it's well made. Like he knows oh, yeah. 
around a camera, and he knows, like, um, he has a very good... Are they brothers? Actually, like siblings. Jonathan brothers? and Christopher Nolan. Yes. As a as a genius writer on his side, usually mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, but it, like a movie like Inception, uh, whenever we covered it, like it, I think we both went into it like, yeah, all right, this movie we know it's it's great and it's 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 renowned as as fantastic. But we both kind of came out of it like, I don't really know. Like it is it yeah. just yeah, it's like it was it was okay, it just didn't really. Really no, yeah, it was it was solid. It was well made. Uh, I'll never watch it again, though. This is not one of those movies. I I will almost certainly watch The Prestige again, if for nothing mm-hmm. else, than to get the payoffs. You know, like uh, there's there's yeah. a math. This these are spoiler spoiler ass episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have not seen The Prestige, and you'd like to, you probably no, shouldn't yeah. listen to this. Yeah. Um, if you have seen The Prestige or then this is this is for you you know Mm -hmm. uh because there's a massive twist ending that is very very satisfying and i can only imagine on rewatching it's all the more satisfying Mm. a twist ending that i will braggadociously say i i was watching it going okay so this is the this is this this is this Mm -hmm. what's going to be the thing and then those were the things and i was like okay cool cool okay so i had i i got it for the most part um the the uh, I loved there's 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 something about Jonathan Nolan's writing that, you know, once you've seen Westworld, you can kind of prepare for anything with Jonathan Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, the 10 hours of misdirection and build up <laughs> and clues, yeah. you start it's something that's two hours. Uh, you, I got that in the bag compared to the 10 hour content of Westworld. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's having the, the prerequisite of Westworld before viewing this movie that that helps a whole lot. I, Cause yeah. I, Westworld I mean, season I, one anyway. Yeah. yeah. I was, uh, I can't remember when exactly the first time I watched this movie was, I feel like it might have been in school. One hmm. teacher might have showed it. I, I'm not sure, but I know it was around high school time. I would say for sure that I saw this definitely pre Westworld for me. Yeah. Um, and whenever I first watched it, I mean, I, I think I might've been like, Oh, they're, they're you know maybe There's like so much they dialogue they bring it up they're like I, I think even uh alfred but not actual alfred uh michael kane um you know yeah in this right movie, it's gonna be real confusing you know I, I when i whenever i think of this movie i always think it's like it's batman and wolverine against each other but they're magicians yeah and then also but wolverine has alfred this time and then it, also, I guess you got Black Widow. Yeah, I was gonna say Black Widow's there. It's like a, just a whole mashup here. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, uh, and uh, Maya Hansen from Iron Man Three is Alfred's is Alfred's wife. Uh, she's the uh, she's the chick who hooks up with Tony Stark and then works for his enemy in Iron Man Three. So like, there's a, there's a ton of oh wow, there's a, there's a ton of superhero movie crossover here. Okay. Uh, Wow, I didn't didn't even pick up on that one. But I remember yeah. the first time I watched it, I was, you know, like they, they even say it, like uh, they're like, oh, it has to be a double. I, I don't know any other way it could be done if there's not a double. It just has to mm-hmm. be. Like they make it seem that like yeah, it's that way, so that you're you know you're thinking like, well, is it or is it not? You're like, it is that simple. Like, could it be or could it? Not? You're always no, yeah. This back and forth. Well, there's this there's this thing that they do with this movie that is really really well done, where they they leave you with that that questioning, where you like I I was of the mind. There came a point where I did not 
I didn't figure out that Alfred and Fallon were two different guys who looked exactly the same until closer to the end of the movie. Hmm. Okay. You know, it wasn't like straight off the rip. Like I'd had the thought early on in the movie where I was like, Fallon kind of like they're, they're really, they're, they're being shifty with Fallon. Uh, you know, I was like, maybe, maybe that's, he looks like Christian Bale every time I do see him with like a little bit of like a padded face. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was like, so maybe there's something there. I'll come back around to it. And then eventually I committed to it. It was like, that's gotta be the case. But, uh, Mm-hmm. They had me going from uh, the great Danton's perspective. I can't remember his real name. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote Angier. unquote. Real. Angier. Robert that's right. Angier. Yeah. Angier. Mm-hmm. Um, they they had me going. I thought that his obsession was founded. I and it's just it's just his deep rooted insecurities. You know, he thinks this guy's better than him. Mm. He knows he's better than him. He's yeah. got to prove why he's better than him. He's like, if if he's better than me, there's got to be a reason, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and there's multiple layers to this movie for me. Like I, I'm a Tesla nerd, uh, right? Nikola, Nikola Tesla. Tesla, yeah, Nikola yeah. Tesla, and and having just David Bowie, David fucking him, like, Bowie, baby, that's just amazing to have. But this movie, if you look at it through the lens of like the time that they're in and what's going on you can it's very very closely related to the race that edison and tesla had back whenever they were first inventing electricity basically right right unveiling it to the world and it was always known that tesla he was a horrible show like businessman that he could not present his ideas to the public whatsoever but he was the one that was actually coming up with all of the groundbreaking science and everything behind it. Right, right. And Edison being the the businessman, the good showman, he he would take it and spin it in a way or, you know, do something of the sort. And it was always a back and forth they had. So I, me knowing that story, and I, I love that story to death, like it, right, actually right. history, I guess this is, it is real. Um, seeing it play out in a movie with magicians and showmans you know it it works if you don't know that story at all if you don't don't even know about that that's paralleling in the background all the while the like Mm -hmm. spies edison there are people working for edison that are staying at the hotel and stuff and i was vaguely familiar with that story you know like i Mm -hmm. uh i i I don't know the intricacies of it but i've always known the the controversies of edison's validity as Mm -hmm. the father of electricity and stuff you Mm -hmm. know like uh yeah yeah, it's yeah, he would, you know, he would literally take um like he would say, "All right, I'm going to show you Tesla's electricity. It was alternating current and direct current. That was the big right, war. Right. Tesla's alternating." But Edison would say, "I'm going to use alternating current to show you how dangerous it is, and I'm going to kill all these animals with it and show you how fast they die because of this alternating current." And what it turned out to be the whole time is he was using his own direct current to kill mm. these animals because that's I don't know if you want to kill someone with electricity that's how you do it. So he was right. he, he basically like had a, a smear campaign for Tesla and trying to up his stuff at the same time. You know, just business. It was business for for Edison, and I think it it parallels perfectly with this story. Like you have um, Alfred Borden, you know, the guy who. The true magician here, uh, you know, the guy who who is sacrificing everything, you know, everything um, for his everything. Trip. And uh, I just I love the the constant like uh, ev- they always think they have the one up on each other. Always like they're always they both think they're a step ahead every time. And then they, you know, 
Angier's his whole thing at the end. He's like, well, the reason he's done it and his obsession is seeing the look of people's faces when they're actually fooled. He's like, that's that's what it's all about. You know, I, I got to be the man up on the stage. I got to see their faces, you know, whenever I was actually fooling them, showing them real magic. And that was he would stop at nothing to get there. But then you realize, like, Alfred the whole time was just like slowly trying to make his way, like just wasn't having much success. Dude just wasn't a good showman really at all until until Scarlett Johansson came up in there and was like, hey, let me let me show you how the fuck to do this. Let me show you how to do this shit, bro. You are failing pretty hard. Yeah. But uh No, yeah, yeah, when he's like at the beginning when he's just in that like rinky dink like pub magician, he's like got the 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 circles and everyone's like, Boo, get off the fucking stage. Yeah. And he's like, Man, I'm just doing my right, this is what you're here for. He points the gun at everybody. I love that scene. That's mm-hmm. one that was one of my favorites. But back to Tesla for a second, because David Bowie I adore David Bowie. Uh, there's, there's also, uh, I love David Bowie's music. I think he's a fantastic artist, a visionary in every regard. But one of the, one of my favorite lines in this movie, it might be my favorite line of the movie, is an extremely meta moment coming from David Bowie, mm-hmm. where he says, society only tolerates one change at the time. First time I tried to change the world, I was hailed as a visionary. Second time, I was asked politely to retire. So yeah. here I am, enjoying my retirement. Works Acting on. in a Christopher Nolan movie, David Bowie, who's past his prime in music, b- being like, uh, yeah, so here I am, enjoying my retirement. I was works like, that's so a many ways. That's the That's yeah. the thing is that these, what's happening in the movie, it works on so many different levels. David Bowie, just for his life, and then also the character he's playing. He's like, Tesla, like he brought electricity to everyone and then there and he was like well i got more in the tank i got way more to do and to show you guys the government was like well maybe you slow down a little bit you know right like, let's let's make some some money off this and like in real life you know he's this is very true like very true and he's at the end of his life after all of his discoveries all of his patents that he had they were all burnt down like his compound was mm. um here and it was a constant he was always on the run and everything like that and and just i don't know a perfect Stan, like David Bowie, he, I, he could have been anybody, like to play Tesla. Really, one, no one of the most like no uh, one of the most inspired castings I've ever seen. Was, like yeah, that was was perfect. Was like brilliant. I mean, there's just everything about it just plays so well. And that like me being the nerd I am about this stuff, like I I find it hard to focus on like any other part of the movie whenever Tesla's like coming up and like, oh, like yeah yeah we got it we got to go to Colorado Springs we got to see what's up and he's like in his compound with Andy Circus as well as his right, like right. assistant so it's like oh my god like everyone in here is just amazing but like I I think I mean he might be my character like the only reason he'd be my character is because it's like that's the part of the movie I really like I. I just love the actual history of it and stuff like that. Mm. But for the movie itself, he's such a small role that like it'd really be hard to actually give him the character nod. Um, it was just because of how perfect he fits this role. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of incredible. And that's the thing though is that like if when you're looking at this movie, I don't particularly like Angiers or Alfred. Yeah, like, I'm not. A, I, I Cutter might be up there. You know, I like I like Michael Caine's per, uh, performance, and you know mm-hmm. he's he's a bit extreme. You know, you gotta you gotta be willing to do some dark Everything shit in this business. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah like that's mm-hmm. so. Like, I'm not the only other person who's in like the main cast that I would have ever even considered was uh, 
uh, fucking what's her name? Uh, Rebecca Hall. Yeah, Rebecca Hall is Sarah. Uh huh. Like, uh, if if I'm going from a pure likability standpoint, like she's far and away the most likable character in this movie, mm-hmm. along with I would say Nikola Tesla. You know, like that. That'd be the only other person yeah. who I, who I would say is like the truly likable because. Mm. You know, the, I, I think I'm ultimately going to go with uh, Christian Bale as specifically Fallon. Yeah. For my character choice, mm-hmm. um, because I love I love this premise that like, well, and like I'm calling him Fallon. I guess there's no real way to tell which one's who originally. The one um, who loved Sarah, you know, like that's like, right, because Fallon loved Sarah Alfred, at least it is. It is tough to act, like to know which like. Which I took it the opposite way. I took it. Alfred loved Sarah. Fallon loved uh, Scarlett Johansson. Was and it, I, t- I thought they he literally is he when he's talking at the end to, um, to Angier that he literally says he's like yeah no we lived a double life like I I loved Sarah. He loved Olivia, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one who dies is Fallon, I thought. Oh, okay. I guess I've never... I the one, the, like, I thought that Al- Alfred's the one who... Uh, Alfred's the one who lives. Oh, wait a minute. Because the only thing that gets me is how, like, whenever his daughter's there and he's in the cell, he's like, I, lo- like, I love you, I love you, I love you. You know, like, so much that he's, like, so attached to you. So you would, it, it makes sense to kind of think like on I don't know I I guess I'm always back and forth on on who's no that makes sense and whatever because they could be like he could be lying to Angier or like they like it could be part of the the show at the end there but like well and I've always taken I've taken it that like I'm at a I'm at a spot where I it even occurred to me that they probably don't actually know which one of them is the father to that child ah yeah you know like they both love that child like it's they their both, own. Yeah, and that's that's what I was gonna say is that even even if it's it is Alfred in the cell who gets hanged and dies, and not O'Fallon. Say it is Alfred. Like he would still love that daughter as if it was her own because they they had to literally re- like they were both yeah. filling that role the whole time. And I feel mm-hmm. you know it's it's either his daughter or his niece you know either way so it's like it's not like i don't know they're going to both feel for for that little girl no matter what but i i think it it comes down to how they die um oh no you're right no no yeah well because he gets hanged alfred or o'fallon which or whichever one it is because i don't think they because he he straight up says we were both alfred and we were yeah. both O'Fallon. So like yeah. that's that's the other thing is that I don't think it necessarily matters, you yeah. know? Um cuz he the end there like uh he didn't need any Tesla magic box to do his transported man. He did it at the end only for Angier. Like that was his teleported or transported man whenever whoever gets hanged in prison is there and then He's out, you know, with yeah, and and telling him how you know how we played him and everything. But every time someone died, like 
Um, either, I guess, I don't know. Whoever it was who died in prison, they get hanged. Sarah also hung herself. Yes. Like, they, they die in the same way. Also, Angier, the clone, whoever, always drowns just like... Um, yeah, just like... Yes, uh, Piper? Was it? I think Heather. it was Piper. Maybe. Or Julia? Oh, the actress's oh, name the is actress. Piper. Yeah, that's the actress. Yeah, Julia McCall. Julia. Yeah, I've been yeah. looking. I've been looking at the okay. the IMDb yeah. so heavily that I I, I merged those names. Yeah. So they're Piper. the deaths are always you know like the same and like honoring the person they loved. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that that would make sense. You know that my thing is that like in my head, mm-hmm. you know, I think that. You know, I I came to the conclusion in my head that the one who loved Sarah mm-hmm. was the father of the child, like the the straight up father of the child, and therein I went with that to be Alfred, and Fallon decided it was okay for him to die as long as the daughter had her father. You know, like that, and that's why I like whichever one sacrificed himself and got hanged. That's my favorite character. Yeah. You know, like I'm like that's. That's that, some G line, shit. Yeah, like, I'm you sorry. Know? He apologizes. He says, I'm sorry for Sarah. I never meant to hurt her. A- in the cell, yeah. as he's walking away to go get hanged. So he was yeah, like, I'm sorry. That's Fallon. That's so, Fallon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, okay so so I, I'm pretty sure. Probably, yeah, so I'm going with like the one who Alfred. loved Sarah yeah. is Alfred. The one who loved, uh, I can never remember uh, Scarlett Johansson's character's name. Olivia. Olivia, whoever loved Olivia was Fallon. It's, that's how that's how I've gone about it in my head. Um, mm. Even though technically Alfred loved them both, so like I'm just but to separate them, I'm going like mm-hmm. uh, I got yeah. I got to call one of them something and the other something else. That's, that's just got to be the way. Um, and I don't know, just the they're teasing it the whole time with that one guy who has the fishbowl between his legs and puts it up, yep. you know. It's the whole. It, that's his. That's his act. He's still acting. You know, he never stopped. It's his whole life. And it's, he's like, how did he pick? It? How did he get that so fast? Like, what? What did he see that I didn't? And it's like because he's dedicated his entire life to something doing, like that. Yeah, he's he's doing it already. And that, like, that's the the crazy thing is that like, where like, where's his brother been hiding like this whole time? You know, or like, uh, did they just know? Like, have they just always been doing this? You know, I wonder when it started. Like, whenever. Yeah, right. Like uh, they they actually decide I don't know to to start this all, but like I, that that doesn't matter just semantics there. But like No, but like it is it is a question like worth contemplating. It's like how long have they been doing this? Yeah. Like cuz you would think if you're friends with someone and like you're working with them on a show, you would know if they had a brother, you know, or like a sibling, especially a twin brother. Like so it He'd have to have been keeping it hidden for quite some, like... For a long fucking time. Before they, he met, you know... They do question, you know, where where's he even from? You know, and, like, he's, he's a mystery in these uh, parts. Like, he yeah, kind of shows yeah. up, and then he... Um, like, so, I'm assuming he moved far away. It is the early 1900s and late 1800s. There's no way to, like, verify, you know, that... Wait a minute. Did he? Maybe they're not twins. Maybe one's a clone. And he got to test, like, because he's, like, Tesla, that was the, 
five let you know wh- whether that was an actual rabbit hole he just sent Angier down. Mm-hmm. Who made that machine? And he said, "I've made it for someone before." You know, he did yeah, say, and he also like, said that this is the key to my secret. Yeah, and this is the key to my trick. So I mean, maybe he's not actually. Yeah, yeah, like you, you came in here confidently talking about how he was a twin. I didn't like. I don't like That's that was never bad. outwardly said, right? No, I don't. I think it was by Angier. Yeah, like, Angier's like, like how died, like a, a brother, a yeah. twin, and the, but he doesn't really give a, a straight answer. Yeah. Okay, um, that yeah. So like, I think there's there's still like uh, again similar to Westworld. You know, there's there's still like questions. There's still like, oh god, but how did this even like how how did this happen? How, like I know that this is how you've lived your life, but how'd you start? How did it get like this? Like I don't I don't get that. It part. makes more and, sense uh, if he walked in the machine himself and. You know, he saw a clone of himself, and he's like, uh, do you have all, you know, who's who? And they freak the fuck out, and he's like, all right, we're mm-hmm. destroying this machine. Maybe, like, they actually destroyed it. They're like... Destroy. Well, and I think that, I, I think it works a lot better for him to have been a clone. Um, yeah. Because it, again, shows a a contrast between the characters of Danton and uh, between mm-hmm. Angier and Alfred. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. as soon as he kills every single clone. There can't be another one of him. He's not willing to share that spotlight. It goes back to him being like, why does he get to be on the stage and I have to accept bows beneath mm-hmm. it? You know, like, why Why do yeah. I have to take that? You know, it's because he doesn't want to share a life. And he shouldn't want to share a life. You know, like, that's not <laughs> that's not that something you should probably want to do. A weird question uh, to be, you know, because even he was like, I didn't know if I was going to be the one down in the box or the one up above. And I don't think there's any way for him to know ever. I think it's like, and I mean, you know, that's, we're, we're getting into the actual, you know, like that's, that's magic that that, that there's like cloning and stuff like, but every other part of the movie is pretty real, you know, like it's pretty not out there. And like, even whenever they're getting into clones and stuff, it's still like, kind of like, Oh, well, yeah, this is a machine. It gets real spinny fast. A lot of sparks clone make, you know, it's like, it's (laughs) not that, not that. No. Complicated. I'd say the most complicated part of the movie is just all the time jumps going bing, 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 just back and forth through the timeline. And yeah. Slowly revealed over time, and and then. Finally- and that was like that was an interesting storytelling method that I. Uh, you know, it's very again very Jonathan Nolan of him mm-hmm. to to do this. You know, if you've seen Westworld, you know you are in Westworld. You don't even know you're taking time jumps. You can speculate that. Um, but here, you know, you're taking time jumps and it's all just sort of that's an incredibly difficult way to write a story. Yeah. Do you like do you know how impressive this movie's writing is for it to be so nonlinear time wise and it come together as satisfyingly as it does and tell tell yeah. a relatively linear story? You know, like it's not like it's like you see Angier or one of his clones die in a tank below the stage at the very like. Mm-hmm. Like, is that like the, op- not the opening, but like pretty or like might be. No, that's, that's, like, I think that's the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then it doesn't really show him trying to break him out or anything. It just kind of, no, it just away. shows him. Like, yeah. It like, just shows him struggling. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, then I think it shows Cutter walk in and go, what are you doing? And then they don't, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, they, I think there was, a, there was like, I think there was blatant misdirection with that part. Like, I think they, did the scene differently at the beginning compared to what it is at the end, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, what a perfect way to frame him, though. You know, oh, yeah, like, like Angier, he knows, like, because that's why he has all the blind people and he doesn't let 
uh, what's Cutter? Cutter yeah, doesn't let Cutter backstage. Yeah, as soon as as soon as he was like, "You stay," like I was like, "Okay." Now I now I get it. Now, now I know what he's doing here. You know, he's like, "Well, the world wouldn't. They would. You know, it's it's the bird in the cage. You know, it's mm-hmm. like." That you know, they, at the very beginning, they have that trick, and that's how he explained. You know, the the every trick involves three stages, or you know, I love I love his monologues as he's just like every going trick on involves three stages. Oh, well, yeah, just yeah. What a I don't know. Just everyone like having Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Michael Caine, Scarlett Johansson, David Bowie, Rebecca Hall is. I think Rebecca Hall is extremely underrated. I love I love that actress. Performance wise, like. I really, I really, really like Hugh Jackman, even though I hate his character, and he's oh like, yeah, so like he should be everything I hate about it. But like I just love how he's such a showman. Like I don't know, he's he's, he's so he's, fucking good, man. He's so good at what he does, having to play his double, the drunk, you know, mm-hmm. just the drunk fool, like was awesome. But then yeah, like the slight, the slight makeup changes they were putting on him and stuff. Like it looks so, it's incredibly believable to the point where I was like, "Is there any chance this is someone who looks a lot like Hugh Jackman?" Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. No, but I, I'm, pr- I'm fairly certain it was. You know, uh, you know, are you paying attention? Are you? Yeah. Are you like, watching closely? That's uh, a that's a contender. That's a contender for me, line wise. Because yeah, when that, he said that mm. at the end. That's like uh, we talked about this with Asteroid City. There's like a moment where you're like, "This is where it's going. This is when it happens." You know, mm-hmm. this is what it's all been building towards. It's finally yeah. fucking time. And yeah. then he goes, "Are you watching closely?" And I was like, "No, this is it." You know. And the prison guard's like, "Oh fuck!" He's like, "He's, he's gonna do something here. How's yeah. he gonna get out of these?" Like, "Oh god!" I wonder if that was the same prison guard that had that he put like the ankle shackle on the little trick he played. You know, like watching the ball, throwing it up, and mm-hmm. then he. You know, locks his leg on, has yeah. a big laugh. I wonder if that was the same prison guard, or if it's just every prison guard in that, just in there, was just afraid of this man because they had no idea what he was capable of. Like, um, but I, I, I loved his his last word um, right before he goes, just abracadabra. Yeah, it was like because he knows he knows like he won't ever get to see it, you know, at all. But he knows uh, that prestige. He knows it that happened. Prestige is, yeah, it's like. What Angier just did to him, you know, and, and how he put him in prison, how he mind-fucked him, he's doing the same thing right back to him, but, like, ten times greater, the thing that's been hmm. taking this whole, you know, their whole lives to do, and it actually, one of them needs to die, you know, in order for it, that to happen. It ended the only way one, that that could have ended. You know, you can't just all of a sudden go, oh, actually, we're the same guy. You know, like, that's just not how things work. Um, but, yeah, there's a few lines that just, like, very, again, I, I credit Jonathan Nolan with most of the writing because of, because of Westworld. The way that this is written so yeah. similarly to Westworld makes me think Jonathan Nolan had a very, very heavy hand in the writing process here. Um, the way that lines take on so many double meanings and, like, sort of callbacks oh, yeah. and... And all that, like whenever at the beginning, whenever she's like, uh, I can tell when you mean it and when you don't, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. uh, immediately you're kind of, I immediately went, that doesn't even compute for me. You know, like at, at the beginning, I was like, that's not something that happens to people. I don't think. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, and slowly over the course of the movie, I was like, ah, because at the beginning she goes, it makes it mean so much more when you mean it. 
And then at the end, she goes, it makes it hurt so much more when you don't. Yep. And it, 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 it it's a good example of we, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a mind fuck for the listeners here, but the Batman Begins episode that's coming out in a few weeks, we recorded yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. And I talked about the, the lines in Christopher Nolan movies that kind of clue you in to where your characters are in an act, you know, at the beginning. That's what that's what she feels. You know, it makes it mean so much more when you mean it. You know, like I'm in this. I love you. I know that some days you don't love me, but that that makes the days you do so much sweeter. By the end, she's like, this fucking sucks. You know, I'm I'm done, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And that shit that should hurt. You know, like that's she had one of the more tragic and uh, saddening arcs in this movie, of course. Um, but uh, th- all things considered, I think the line I'm actually going to end up landing on because I didn't even think of it as a double meaning until I was looking back through the quotes for the movie was uh, the secret impresses no one. The trick you use it for is everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's like a it's perfect, his entire life. Yeah. Like and and he th- when he first had the transported man, you know, his first little showing of it through the little the bounce of the ball coming out the door like. Everyone just was like, oh, okay. Yeah, they didn't even realize what happened there. You know, like, he didn't play it up enough, or he didn't do enough to actually, like, build the suspense enough for people to to think it was amazing what just happened. You know, it happened so fast that everyone was just like, oh, like, yeah, okay. okay." And, like, it was kind of an awkward, yeah. yeah, like, awkward clap, and also in front of, like, no one as well. There's, like, barely anyone there. Right. Um, and and this is supposed to be his his magnum opus or one of the I'm thinking deeper into the movie now about Fallon and his introduction into the movie. Do you think the time jumps are there so you don't know when Fallon starts existing? Hmm. Because he's in the first scene in the movie at the, or like close to the first scene in the movie at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of go, he's been here since the beginning. But is there a chance that he wasn't doing the transporter man until Fallon existed? Oh, you're right. Cause they were doing, he was doing the show with Angier up on this, you know, helping what's, what's, what was her name again? Yeah. Julia. Yeah. Tying her up, you know, and having her go down in there. Yeah. And, you know, and then after that, right. after that first show, he was like, you know, I have my trick. He's like, I've been working on it. It's finally ready. Mm. You know, like it's, it's ready. I can do it now. And, and that comes after Angier has seen him at Tesla's little display. Notably, O'Fallon's not there with, with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I think there comes a point in the movie where timeline wise oh. Fallon starts existing if it's linear, which makes the reason they they formatted it this way much more cohesive. Yeah, because it would have been it would have been it would have been obvious. Yeah, yeah it's like oh, there's another one all of a sudden. They'd have to be like, yeah, he you know he made all of his tricks and stuff on his own before, but then he needed some help, so we called someone in, and you know, or whatever right. the the name of. Uh, that job is, you know, that, that cutter and an, uh, Oh yeah. I can't remember. I, uh, something French. It sounds like, um, but yeah, that, that would be 
a little too obvious if it was just all linear completely. Yeah. Like, no, I think that's I think that's one hundred percent the case and that he is definitely a clone. Oh, how did I oh. never even that I just was like, Yeah, they're twins. And somehow I guess he just hit his brother all along in their life. I never like I can't believe it's never crossed my mind that like, oh, well there's literal clones in the you know, like Angie. Oh, now I'm now I'm thinking even deeper into it because like if we saw a linear cut of this movie, what would that look like? You know, and I don't mean like I don't think it would be better by any means. I think they did the right thing here, but I'm interested to see, you know, that would make the line I pointed to a little bit ago. You know, it means so much more when you mean it. That kind of falls apart then because it implies that it's been happening for a really long time. Or at least since he moved there and they met, you know, he met Sarah. Doing that in that little, yeah. Whenever he performed the actual transport of man for the first time, like that's where they met. Um, whenever he like, uh, oh, was that what trick he performed? I thought that was the was the, 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 the cage ring. collapsing on yeah. the bird, and the guy and the kid was oh, like, "Oh no, that's you right. killed it! He no, killed the bird!" Right. Yeah, so that was okay. So there's two separate shows then that he did. There, yeah, that one he did. Because I don't no, know. yeah, because. The, no, the bar, the one with the bar, that was the, the bullet catch. He didn't do yeah. the uh, transport of And the there. bullet catch, they make a point to show us that the guy had existed by then. You know, they, may, yeah. they make a point to show there. that Fallon exists by then because he has to cut it off his fingers. There. So I think my little theory there fell apart. I don't think uh, it... Well, not quite, I don't think. Because it, it makes sense that he would have to be there for the bullet catch and everything. They meet. I maybe when they meet, that he might do the first transported man there. I don't know because he does kill the bird, and then he walks up to the little. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. He, he's fine. Hmm. You're the lucky Where one today. I guess that was just yeah, her. Just her evaporated from the nephew. movie. Yeah, um, nephew. It wasn't actually her son or anything, but hmm. Yeah, I wonder when, when Fallon or who the other clone, or the first clone, was made. Yeah, I'm I'm curious what how that uh, like I would need to rewatch the movie to be able to be like, okay, I don't think he exists here, and I do think he does at this point. You know, because um, I'd be so interested in what a a linear version of the story would be because because it seems that sarah and and uh alfred had a pretty good love story at the beginning there like it didn't seem anything mm-hmm. was going wrong when was when was the first time that she was like oh no you don't mean it like this time like there i can't remember specifically what was going on i want to say it was in her apartment, I think. I think it's after she's dressing his wound. Like the she's like, "How did this even happen again? Like, why why is it still bleeding?" And it's because he had to cut the fucking fingers off. I think that's the first time it happens. Um, it's the first time I can remember it happening. Anyway, because um, I'm pretty sure the bullet catch is that before or after the first time he does the transported man. That's before, because he's in the rinky-dink little 
He he. I think the first time he performs yeah. the transported man, he's on like a stage. Like yeah, it's a, he has his fingers are off when he does yeah. the first. Tra- that's right. Yeah, okay, because so that's what clues. That's what makes them know he doesn't have a double. That he that mm-hmm. the person has lost two of their fingers. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I gotta. Now I'm. I don't know. I was trying to pay attention for all these things, but I I can't believe it's never crossed my mind that he could be a clone. And like when that happens is very interesting because. He like he does say, yeah, I, I've I've done this machine once before for a lot. I've worked with a lot of crazy people, and you know a lot of or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, what's funny I, is it I didn't even occur to me that he could be a clone or his brother. I thought he was just some fucking guy, like like uh, Hugh Jackman's character. Uh, I was just like, that's true. Which yeah. is also a possibility. I don't think that's the case. They look too identical. You know what I'm saying? Like they are either twins. Or clones. There's there's too much of a resemblance in the face to like, and I know there was a. It's obviously Hugh Jackman there in the mm-hmm. in the bar, but even then they were dressing his face up to make it look different a little bit. Wow, there's still more to this movie, huh? I thought I thought I had it all, and I was just paying attention for this. I was watching it through kind of like the electricity mm. lens this time, and noticing all the similarities between Edison and Tesla. But right. now I'm. I'm definitely going to be watching back to that's the question that I'll be one answered now is when did Yeah, when does Fallon start existing cuz I don't I don't really know. And I, I another interesting thing to me is Cutter. Mhm. Is it just a general empathy that leads him to take care of his daughter for a little bit? Yeah, I yeah. think I think it was um Angier obviously like Cutter wasn't in the know that yeah. um he was doing all of this just to get back yeah. at Alfred and and Fallon I guess but like and then once he finds out like and he's there delivering the box back to him or whatever and he mm-hmm. finds out oh my god you're still fucking alive you lied right. to me you piece of shit oh now I see why you did it you're terrible like that is ter like you're terrible and I think from that point on, he, like, he truly hates Angier. Like, because okay. at the end there, when he leaves, he's like, remember when I told you that drowning, you know, how, how it felt like it was yeah. like you're going home? I he's lied. Like, yeah, I lied. It's it's agony. You know, like, he said that just to, to make him comfortable because of how um, Sarah, or not Sarah. Julia. Uh, Julia died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then now he's like, fuck it. Yeah, you know, you know every night whenever you doom a clone to their death? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go through fucking hell, buddy. And, it's not... and then, like, he, at one point, he does say, I think it was, wasn't was to Cutter, it was to, I believe, Olivia, Scarlett Johansson. He's like, I don't care about my wife, I care about the trick. Or, like, I care about the secret. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was so just obsessed with the show yeah. and with the trick and everything that it was just like, yeah, he was... He well, was the re- And, like, that's the thing, is that it's all connected. The reason he cares so much about the trick is because he cared so much about his wife. Like, that's... Yeah. He wanted and, he wanted Alfred to lose something equivalent. Mm-hmm. He wanted and but my wife for a couple of his fingers. Nah, we're far from we're far from even. You know, like uh, the one of the key important like small scenes is like right after Julia's death for me, mm. where he he's sitting there with his head in a in a bucket of water, and like border on drowns himself so like uh 
whenever it comes time when he's like, uh, just going to kill my clones by drowning them. It's some sort like if it is him, he wants to go out the same way as Julia and yeah. be with her. And it's, it's just a, it's, like, it's a it's real like a punishing himself. Yeah. A little bit, but also like, yeah, I mean, it's, it is a, a whole, like, I wonder, cause he shot the first clone. You know, he he's like, oh, I'll have this here just in case anything goes bad. And he's like, oh, right. well, fuck. All right, got to do it. And he's like, well, I don't want to do that every time. Because that would probably – that's just a little messy and you don't want to shoot yeah. yourself, you know, every time. Uh, so, I mean, this, I guess, is – like, how else would you really do it, though? You know, like, it's it's perfect. Just drop through a trap door. No, it's – No lock, no key, or no key, no anything. And, yep. you know, two minutes later – and that that's it but like i i don't think it's a coincidence that that you know that's how his his wife goes so it's how he's having oh yeah 100 every time too the same the same tank too mm-hmm. oh, pretty yeah. much oh, uh, yeah. and it and that's the th- it like and the whole frame job that happened there like you switch the lock you you put a real lock on there and it's like no that out or Angier did that. He's like he, he yeah. wants to make sure his clone doesn't get out. Because, yeah, like that's and that's the the weird thing is like he kept them. He kept them though. Like they were at the end there. They were in the tanks. Yeah, there. it was multiple tanks and he kept them, which is really really interesting. And like maybe I'm mixing up Edison with Ben Franklin. No, that was Ben Franklin. Never mind. I thought that that maybe they were trying to do some some weird history thing that lined up because like i think it was ben franklin i don't think it was edison but he like ended up coming over to america they went back to his old house and they found like 10 bodies in the basement or something like that something really weird um jesus christ i did not know that yeah i think it's franklin because i'm pretty sure it's like yeah someone was like how did this person end up on the hundred dollar bill or something like that like this person is still on our hundred dollar bill and like Oh, and uh, those of those like ten or twelve bodies or so, five or six of them were confirmed children as well. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it, it's Edison. I, I'm pretty sure it's Franklin. So completely un, unrelated. Um, Yo, I'm gonna look into this right this fucking second. Yeah, pretty, I'm pretty mind. sure Ben Franklin. He um, bodies in basement, and it was like a room that was like for like a room with no windows, no anything past his basement though. And just like twelve bodies, um, yeah, like under there. Yep, Repairs yep. on Franklin's old London house turned up twelve hundred pieces of bones from at least fifteen people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. So, yeah, all these like uh, the only reason I thought it could be uh, Edison is because that's he he wasn't that's afraid the, to yeah. get his hands dirty. Uh, that he that he did not really stop at anything to to make sure his his stuff wasn't on top. Um, and that's, I don't know, that's just part of why I love this movie so much is it's kind of like a little, a little love letter to Tesla a little bit to be like, thank you for all of this electricity stuff. Like at the field with the lights, you know, like, uh, no wires, like the real magic, like he, e- like Tesla even fooled the magicians. They were like, oh my God, like, okay, this, this is real. Like there's no wires here. Like what the fuck's going on? And like, the thing is that who knows what what the actual tesla in real life actually did like there's so much of his work that's lost just gone forever right and he, like i mean it 
it's only by stories. There's no documentation of anything, but like only by word of mouth. And people have said that he demonstrated like a bunch of lights in a field, turning them on with no wires and like actually holding them himself. Like that, like it's crazy that all of these things could be real actually. But. Yeah. That was my favorite shot in the movie. Uh, whenever the field of lights lit up around uh, Angiers and Allie, uh, it's like right when they come on and he and they like kind of look around for a second. It's fucking gorgeous. There's something about yeah, the, having the whole city go dark yeah. slowly and then all the rest of the lights slowly come up in the background. That Oh, that, yeah. that was cool. a nice shot. Yeah, okay. I liked that a lot. That was my favorite. And there's there was a lot of contenders for me because this was uh, – this was a pretty fucking movie, and I texted you about that last night. I think mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, when it came to, when it comes to like Inception and Interstellar and Dark Knight and Batman, Batman movies at large, it, it rel- I mean, and Tenet, you know, it makes sense that these movies have a cold, gray, black, mm-hmm. white aesthetic. You know, like it's it, it it does generally make sense. I get why those movies are colored that way. It would, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, these giant vibrant hues are coming out of Inception. Like, no, that's like, I, I get it. I do. Uh, but it also leads to me not loving the way a lot of his movies look. And it's not that I don't need, it's not that I need like color. I need something to look. It's that I need it to have a palette, like be pleasing yeah. to the eye. Um, Realism isn't always the best no and this this is far from realist you know and that's why i think this movie works so fucking well uh there's there's these multiple moments like the use of like these rich like mahogany browns and like reddish browns was fucking gorgeous throughout the film like the the warm scenes whenever it was like yellow orange red and then there were other scenes where it was like green blue white and like it all just kind of came together in a really satisfying way like there's a there's a moment earlier in the movie when he's walking uh, angiers is walking through like a snow and fog Mm -hmm. addled wood and Mm -hmm. it's like you can barely see anything it's so hazy but you can see him plainly in his like brown jacket and brown top hat and it's like that looks so fucking good you know uh that and that was that was something that i you know, I think Interstellar is a brilliant looking movie and I think Inception is a brilliant looking movie and it's uh, in part because of visual effects, but like they're well visual, shot. Like you are wowed by like yeah. what you're seeing. Not they're, vis- they're visual experiences. Like yeah, you're like supposed to be like, hole, you're like, okay, yeah. that's fucking nuts. Or when you yeah, see the fucking fourth dimension and stuff you see on the, itself. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. like, okay, like that's, yeah. yeah you obviously. look at that and you go, whoa, I'm looking at this and I go, damn, you know, that's like that looked pretty standing yeah. in the middle of a, a, a winter scene you know that's it's not a black hole that's not london folding in half it's not the um, fourth dimension yeah no but i mean my shot i, I i'm i'm coming off as a real tesla fanboy here mm-hmm. um but it's it's just whenever david bowie's introduced and he's walking through that field of electricity just like like it's nothing you know yeah, just, was fire. walking through i mean that that's the thing is that like that's real like that part is actually real. Tesla commonly just sat there. That's that's where he found peace was in this electricity field because he knew no one else other than his like assist uh, or anyone else that was in the know is not going to come up and walk in there. And that's he like because it just it looks very dangerous. But like him, mm-hmm. 
actually lighting light bulbs by himself, like, that's, that's real. That is very real. And anyone can actually do this. Like, it's not, if you stand there for long enough, you will have enough electricity in your body to actually light up a light bulb. Like, yeah, we have electricity flowing through us right now, actually, to make all exactly. of our muscles move. It's like, it, it's very real. Um, so like the, the science nerd of me is, is, is loving. I'm curious. Is there, I, uh, since I'm not, I'm not a big, I'm not big science guy or anything. And I trust you to know better than me. Uh, this technology, is there any chance this was practical? The fields and the lights and stuff like that, they actually wired them up. Like that's the thing is that like there's actually wires under the ground and like slots that every light goes in. Um, but the, I, I, it's very practical. You can do this. Like a Tesla coil, you can build one. Yeah, no, like, I'm like, I've I've seen something like stuff. this. I'm curious. I was curious if you know I, anything about the production of this movie. I, oh no, I I would just almost guarantee that that is there's no actual sparks, um, gotcha. whatsoever. I because like, just it is safe to a certain degree, but for a movie set, no, right, like right. no shot they would actually like be doing that. I wouldn't think. Okay. Um, but no, very, very real machine that can, and many people actually make, like, in their backyards. Uh, like, and we even have some wow. that just play music. Uh, like, they can play, like, music sometimes with electricity and stuff like that. But, but right. yeah, as far as the actual production, I wouldn't I wouldn't know. Um, but I, I could almost, 99% sure there's probably no actual sparks there. Okay, cool. I was I was just curious because I was like, I know this is like a real thing we can do. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if they did it. That's that was because Christopher Nolan. That's like it's this whole fucking bag. You know he loves what? doing shit like that. You know um, what? Maybe I may, whenever David Bowie's walking through, I'd say prop probably not there. Like actually having a person walk right. But maybe whenever it was on display and just right. actually like shooting, maybe they had the room empty and then just had it like you know another yeah. La- layered it on top of each other i could see maybe that um, okay cool but if there's anyone walking through it and like the electric no, yeah i was it, i'm looking at the trivia and i assume that would be pretty high on mm. on the trivia and i'm not seeing anything like that but uh there's some interesting little factoids here um the editing includes 146 time jump cuts yeah wow it averages to almost one timeline jump per minute of the movie that's a lot of time jumps yeah a whole lot of that's more than i wow that's way more than i thought yeah way more than i thought too maybe there are some time jumps that you don't even know are time jumps sometimes uh, maybe a little Westworld like, but I feel like most of them were pretty known. Like They're it was pretty, like, like there was never a point where I was like, whoa, where are we now? I was just kind of like it all kind of made sense you know there was never a moment in like in westworld whenever like dolores sees herself and you're like wait a fucking minute what's going on you know like there was there was never anything like that um that that made me kind of like trip over myself but uh Mm. ah dude the main character's initials spell abra Mm -hmm. alfred borden rod robert angier abracadabra are you looking hard. close enough? Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like this this would be a movie where like a lot of this stuff I'd be like, ah, probably just a coincidence that I didn't even think about. But this one's probably I mean, they probably thought about a lot of this stuff. Right. Um, it being a movie about magic and deceiving people and having a prestige. I, like the whenever I think that's that's a lot of 
um, a very common thing I say about Nolan movies is like, man, if I could just watch this movie for the first time again, mm. like I would be so happy. Like Interstellar, I think that's probably the number one. Like if I could have that twist and all the things that have happened, like just to not know what's coming and experience that for the first time again, I'd love. Uh, like Star Wars, pretty obviously there. Yeah. Like this one, Interstellar. This one, yeah this this one's up there. Like this one is. Is yeah, I mean it's it's worthy of that. It is. And I maybe if I could put my brain back in pre Westworld as well. Yeah, like, right. Because that shot, whenever I first watched it, I'm like, oh fuck! And I, I didn't even think he was a clone whatsoever. I was like, oh brother twin of somebody. You know, I, I guess I didn't really think about it all too much. <laughs> um, but man, I I uh. I love these twists. And, uh, this was this was at one point Christopher Nolan's lowest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes at seventy six percent. It has since been surpassed by Interstellar, seventy one. Yeah, lower. Yeah, audience. No or idea. Critical? I don't know. That's that was just a little fun fun factoid there. I'm Whoa. assuming uh, you'd be shocked how many people don't like that movie. Um, Interstellar. I guess yeah. it is. It is very. Like you gotta, there's a lot of stuff you gotta know, like to to make it actually make sense. Like all the gravity stuff, that pro. I mean, most people probably don't give a whole lot of thought to the time dilation, all the stuff that's happening there. Like it's, it. I'm it, not gonna lie to you. Most of the critiques I hear are that they think that the the ending is stupid. That the 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 like love tars like love being the key. They think that's dumb when the whole movie was so scientific. And I'm like, y'all just hate fucking movies then. I don't know, bro. Well, like it's he says like it's us. It's us from the future, maybe. It, it's it's uh, it's up in the air. You don't know who's doing mm-hmm. all of this stuff and it, like love is just the easiest way to I guess explain it. Wow, I didn't know people didn't like the any, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, on on tomatoes, like it's the critical score that they It's yeah, the critical score. Um, but even audience-wise, the Prestige is at a 92, Interstellar at an 86. Yeah, that's kind of shocking to me. I, I, uh, I couldn't agree less. Um, because I, I mean, I enjoyed this movie extra, like immensely. But uh, if I'm ranking Nolan movies that I've watched, it would still be third. Um, yeah, I mean, Interstellar is probably in my top two, three movies of all time. For right. me, uh, so I mean, I'm I'm hard pressed to to find anything better than than Interstellar for me. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that that that's interesting. I thought it would. I didn't know that people didn't like the the ending there. I thought that's like. Oh, and then the Dark Knight is a 94 and 94 split on Rotten Tomatoes. Like that's a universally acclaimed film. People love their Dark Knight. That's for sure. It's so fascinating. Uh, it's so fascinating to me. I, lo- I, lo- I don't get me wrong. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a very good movie. Um, hmm. But I, as far as if I'm watching the Dark Knight or the Prestige first, that's a little closer. Interstellar and Prestige, there's a a sizable gap, yeah, a gap for me. I'd say there's still a pretty decent gap for Dark Knight as well. Um, I'd say Dark Knight is closer to the Prestige than the Dark Knight is to Interstellar. I feel you there. That that's where, that's where I'm at. Um. But yeah, it would definitely go Interstellar, Dark Knight, The Prestige, as of right now, uh, and hopefully that gets surpassed by Dunkirk. I like I've, I I'm very excited for Dunkirk. I've I've heard yeah. wonderful things about that movie. Uh, Tenet, we'll see. Um, 
That one is very interesting. It, it's I, gotten a lot of mixed reviews from what I've heard. It's either you love it or you fucking hate it. I've, I haven't, I actually genuinely, this isn't like the, oh, nobody can be, nobody can be just normal about things anymore. You always either love things or you hate things. And, you know, I, I don't see that in a lot of places. I see a lot of tempered takes where people are like, oh, I liked this, but I didn't like this. Tenet is not like that. Tenet is one of those movies where I've seen either oh, this is one of my favorites of all time, or, oh, God, what a fucking waste of my time. Uh, I feel like I'm, like, both. Yeah, like, right. I, I feel like I just, I the movie hasn't clicked for me yet, I think. Right. Like, on that, that first watch, I I don't even, I don't, I don't know. I, I So, basically, I mean, it will kind of be a first watch, a kind of again, for me. It'll have that essence. Dunkirk, Dunkirk is definitely a first watch for me, so that'll, that'll be interesting, having one that we both haven't seen at all. Um, for this one so that that'll be a whole mm-hmm. lot of fun but but this one i was i have been waiting for for a while um just because it's not yeah it's not like anything in like it's not a a movie that i'm gonna be like oh this is one of my favorites of all time but it, it's the these type of movies that are my favorite like the oh one yeah that, i love the mind bending just mm-hmm. wait a fucking minute i need to watch this again to get it completely like that shit's cool i do like yeah. that um, and Westworld is kind of like a, a cool comparison to make, like in why I, I probably like Westworld a lot more is because you do get a lot more time, a lot more of for, it for John, yeah. for John Nolan here to, to fuck with your brain. And you get like a completely sci-fi setting. There's there's that level to it, too, where like there's uh, I feel like this movie is good in spite of its period piece. You know, like, I'm like, th- hmm. I feel like there's a more enjoyable movie in this somewhere if it's set in a different time period. And, you know, that wouldn't work once you get to the Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison stuff, which is why it has to be set in this time period. I wonder uh, if that was, if they knew they were including that, you know, if, if, if. It's based off a book. Ah. Yeah. Really? Yes. Is it the based book called Prestige as well? I'm not sure. I saw the I saw the credit in uh when I when I presented this at the beginning. It's uh written it's a book written by Christopher Priest. Hmm. Um Yeah, in nineteen ninety five. Okay. Uh yeah, I wonder if British writer wonder if Tesla was in Yeah. Okay, so I just Controlled F on the Wikipedia page, and Tesla and Edison are in there, so it's not like they made it up for the movie. No, yeah, like that's that's a part of the part of the book. But okay, yeah. um, huh? That might be an interesting read. Then I wonder how similar it is, or if there are some. Yeah, like how big of a leap there is from the source yeah. material. Um, Could be interesting. Maybe there's even more clues in there, like uh, that. Right. Like Fallon is a is a clone. Maybe they actually go into that in the right. book, possibly, but probably but, uh, but man no this is it, it's like if if westworld had to be shortened to a two-hour movie like this is i mean th- th- that's the thing they they couldn't really do a whole lot more like if they if they try to introduce even more twists and more things like it would have just become way too convoluted no yeah i think that like this is i think they made about as good a movie as they possibly could have writing wise you know i'm like uh i i, I do take issue at some points with like uh a little bit of the handling of the women in the movie, you know, I'm like, that's, eh, you know, it's, it's all right. It it kind of like says it literally like, yeah. uh, 
like he literally just sends me to go do his, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm in love yeah. with him. We're in love, and he sends me to go do his dirty work or whatever. And it's like yeah. kind of a. I He's just know. falling in love with everyone around here, and you know, like it's just a. It's the, there's there's consistent deceiving of the women throughout the movie. I know the deceiving is uh, of everybody, including the viewer, but like it's it's literally affecting directly the women in the movie. You know, like it's a. It's, personally their problem their deceptions don't affect anyone else besides each other and the women they're with you know like that's that's it and Um, i think i don't know if i would have liked it more like i think angier is definitely kind of like the antagonist like you see him more as the antagonist like right right uh, he's always the one kind of doing the dirty dirty work uh while alfred you know he does some he's got this really interesting fallen hero vibe though you know he was the goody the goody goody at the beginning yeah. of the movie. And it makes, it makes his arc really, really compelling. And it, it, Hugh Jackman plays it just expertly. I fucking love him. So yeah, I, 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 I went with him for performance as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think we went over all our favorites. Did we not? I think yes. Other than scene, uh, but That's I guess obvious. it's kind of impossible to choose anything other than the, there's end. just no other scene that actually sticks out meaningfully yeah. to me. Um, yeah, no. Like, I was maybe thinking about picking Tesla's scene, but even then, it's like, I think it was just the, the conversation that Angier and Tesla had of being like, hey, I don't know if you truly know the cost. Like, have you actually thought about the cost yeah. of this machine? And he's like, like price, is no, price is no matter. And he's like, ah, I don't give a shit about price. I'm asking about the cost. And you and know? how, like, their obsession, like, talk the talk about obsession, and like, yeah, I, I know, I can see an obsession, you know, very clearly. I know you're obsessed. Like, I, I know... I'm probably not going to do much. And he's like, well, if you know it's a young man's game. Yeah. He's like, well, if you know I'm obsessed, then you know you're not going to change my mind. And he's like, so so when, when can you start building? And he's like, well, right. I've already started building the machine. I already knew it would get to this. And like the thing about Tesla, he was he was a very, very obsessive man, um, mm. not just over his work, but he like a very weird person. That's for sure. Like, <laughs> uh, it's off, like if you're just looking at him on the street and not knowing anything about him. But just it, it it seems that every every genius that we've ever had has a little bit of quirkiness to him. You right. know, like there's there's something a little off about these people because I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not a person that just wakes up one day and is like, hmm, electricity doesn't exist. But I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna like I mean he didn't know what he was getting into. But he's like, how how do you even? I don't yeah, know. I, like these basic things now that are necessity almost necessities of life. You know, one one day someone woke up and was like, you know what? We ought to give a shot. <laughs> we ought to we ought to try to figure out some way to power things. But like without. In this time, they were probably like, man, these candles suck to carry around all the time right. for our light. They're like, man, we got to light them every time they go out. You got to fill up more whatever. And he's, he's like, like, how could I just get like some sort of fixture? Yeah. That just sits on my ceiling and lights up a room. How could I do that? It's responsible for like 70 to 80% of all the technology we have now. Like on Earth today, that uh, one yeah. man is like responsible for it all. And I just, I wish I could have just seen his patents and all this stuff that got burned down. But maybe that's why it got burned down. Maybe the world just wasn't quite ready. You know, we we got to take it one change. Yeah, who knows where we would be? Like society, that that is a good line. I don't know. Like society can only take one change or one thing at a time, and it coming from David Bowie too. I don't know. Like yeah. it was, 
just incredible. Like I, I love the the Tesla parts of these of this movie. No, so. yeah, it's a, it's fantastic, man. And that, like again, just that cast: David Bowie, Andy Serkis, like the supporting around. <laughs> you got Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman fronting this movie already, and you're like, oh, this is already awesome. But then you got Andy Serkis, David Bowie, Michael Caine, Scarlett Johansson, Rebecca Hall, and all these faces just keep coming, and you're like, this is fucking incredible. Yeah. Um. No, I, I I had a real great time with this movie, and it's going to be an interesting one to rate, you know, uh, mm-hmm. as we are starting a new director. Um, we don't have any Nolan movies to compare. You know, it it is interesting to compare to a West movie because they're like they're so very different. Different, yeah, like compl- visually, storytelling. I mean, everything is different. Um, the only thing that is remains the same is just the quality of them. You know, they're these are. Mm. They they both good have movie. quality to them, um, so I mean, yeah, this it will be interesting to to rate it here. Like enjoyment wise, um, I think the time jumps kind of hinder it a little bit. Like mm. I, I I think it's how the story has to be told here, but I do think I don't know how it would be done a little differently or like. No, and I, um, I'm with you. Uh, my enjoyment of this movie is um. I I could I could like this movie more than I do, you know. Like I I know I can. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's plenty about this movie that it, it needed to be done the way it was done, but that way wasn't the most appealing. And that's just a, and sometimes that's that's just how it goes. And it 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 won't affect it critically, but it will affect it enjoyment. Yeah, it, it made the know? ending very very nice. Very it cool. made it unravel in a way that was very mm-hmm. satisfying and and awesome. But but you got to get there first, you know, it's, it's yeah. like what, two hours and 10, yeah, minutes. 10 minutes. So, I mean, it's, it's by the end there. I mean, you're, you're on the edge of your seat and you're like, okay, what, you know, we know something. I mean, it's the there. last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Like, like that's, and they really put that off and they have to, you know, there's, there's not like a, what comes next? You know, I don't want to know what comes next. This is, this is the point, you know? And like, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, mm. You know, it, it's I have I have mixed I have mixed feelings about it, but ultimately I I I like it way more like it way more than I don't. You know, like that's that's yeah. ultimately it's 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 good, not not bad. Um, see, the lowest we've given anything for Wes is eight five enjoyment wise, um, and that is Royal Tenenbaums and Bottle Rocket. Um, I'd say I like this. If I'm being 100% honest on a personal note, not quite as much as either of those, but that's simply because of the way those stories resonate with me in a emotional sense. This one, I don't have a lot of like a, oh, this movie, it made me feel yeah. so deeply. It's just, a, it's, I will like, say. Really up whenever Sarah, com- like hangs herself that's like yeah a, that's like oh damn, no that I part that part did get me i was like this okay. is just fucking sad you know but then, uh, yeah even like when it's the prestige like it's not really a, a cry it's more of just like a oh, oh my god yeah. no, like, there's oh, something there's something there you know and that's why i'm like i don't think it would be it, straight up i could see myself going anywhere from an eight to an eight seven five like i you could talk me into putting it above those movies you know um for me, the only reason that I immediately decided that it had to be below those movies is because I have, I have that top 100 favorite movies ever list. And I had no compulsion to put it on there. Meanwhile, both those movies exist on there. So it's like, uh, 
You know, I, I, I mean, I was I was thinking around an eight was my gut. Mm. Um, I, I I think, especially you know, the lowest ones being Bottle Rocket and Royal Tenenbaums. Like, I I do have a lot more fun, you know, and a lot like throughout the whole movie. Like, it's it's yeah. like I I'm enjoying the movie a lot more throughout the whole time. Um, I think the payoff, the ending is way better. You know, like yeah. what it all came down to. Like, yeah, obviously. 100%. Um, but enjoyment. Like, I think, yeah, I think like an eight is actually fair. Like, I mean, it's, it's, I guess, low for this standard, you know. But eight like, out of ten is very good, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I was, eight was my gut where I was going initially. All um, right. I'm glad to hear that because, uh, I, uh, I enjoyed this movie quite, quite a good deal. Yeah. Um, and I guess most of my enjoyment actually comes from the part of the movie that isn't the movie and history yeah, right? <laughs> of it. So it's like I, I like you know. Uh, so there's there's that going for it as well. So um, yeah, I think I mean it's it's good gr- it's good. And like I I will come back and I will watch this again. I don't think 100%. it's ever gonna be a, a movie that I'm like ah right, yeah I'm getting bored of this. Um, but yeah, I mean it's not anything incredible, but definitely very good. Yeah. Okay. And then now critically. Critically it's really really well done. Um I think that like I said, I think this is personally my favorite looking Christopher Nolan movie. I think it's the as far as what I've seen of the 6, you know, he's got a lot more movies, but of the 6 I've seen, I think this is my favorite to look at. Um I think it's incredibly performed. Uh, like I, there's not, there's not a single performance in this movie where I'm like, ah, they could have done better. It was, it was banging front to back mm-hmm. on that, in that regard. Um, let's mm. see. I've always oh, yeah. had, I've always had the thought about score where like, uh, if it doesn't stand out, that doesn't necessarily hurt it. But if it does stand out, it can be, it can enhance it. So like, I didn't really notice the score here, but that doesn't make it bad. It won't hurt it at all. I was just, it's, it's of note. I didn't, didn't notice that. When a whole you're lot. expecting like a, even an even inception, like it's not a movie I really enjoy, but it's, it's still Hans Zimmer. It's still, yeah, it's still like, well done. Still great. And interstellar, I think is like the gold standard of, Oh, yeah, or not maybe the, Gold Standard, but like I noticed that soundtrack when I watched yeah, that. Yeah, that soundtrack stand the fuck out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one is not. I couldn't even really hum a jingle or any. No, I can't. I literally it. can't think no. of a single moment yeah. with where the music swelled and I felt that. You know, that was you know, and I know it's it's not fair. I did say at the beginning that like I'm a Wes Anderson fan and I wouldn't call myself that for a Christopher Nolan movie. I've been listening to the Asteroid City soundtrack a lot, and I can. I can I can see the scenes in my head that with yeah. and I've seen that movie once, once you know, like that's mm-hmm. there's that's there's one of the songs on the soundtrack that when it starts, I'm like, that's my favorite part of the movie. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I can I can see it in my head. And oh, I'm yeah. like, that's that's a moment, you know, and uh, I can't I can't necessarily do that with the prestige. I don't think um, mm-hmm. which, again, doesn't hurt it. It can only help it in my mind, yeah. you know, because yeah, I mean, I'll be listening to the Interstellar soundtrack. And I'll be oh. like, oh, this is this and I'm thinking of the scene. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, now I'm like I might actually like get emotional. Like, and then I'm like, yeah. all right, I gotta watch the movie now. <laughs> Fuck it. You know, I just got I gotta throw it on. Yeah. I gotta no, I, I gotta watch that. the scene at least. So but yeah, out of this one, it's Do not, not really go gently good. into that good night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That shit's hard. That shit's hard. Uh, I'd say everything else on, on this one, they're they're firing on all cylinders here. Uh it's a fucking goodie. Um are we up like nine 
above or below? Um, Nine is straight where my gut took me. Okay. Um, Because that that would be Darjeeling. Um, A little bit below Fantastic Mr. Fox and Moonrise. Um, But better than Isle of Dogs. Better than French Dispatch. And an eight... you know that's an eight five French Dispatch. Yeah, and there's there's a reason it's an eight five. You know that it's the uh, it's the right it, it's literally the. You know it's it's similar to the thing we said about this movie. We were like kind of the formatting. It kind of it doesn't it doesn't help mm-hmm. it a lot. Uh, but this this is the opposite where it does it actively does aid that conclusion. I think. Um, I think I'm I'm sitting around either a nine, maybe. An eight seven five. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. Mine was eight seven five or eight seven five to nine. I'm like, it's one of those two for me. Um, and like when we talked about Darjeeling and like what else was a nine? Did you say? I think was that was Darjeeling. The only one that was a nine. Yeah. Okay. And then Fantastic Mr. Fox is a nine two five. And yeah, and that's like absolutely not. Um, but that that's the thing. Like with Darjeeling, it's like uh. I can't tell you the performances in that movie are quite as good. As the performances we're seeing here in the Prestige, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's a different there's a different element, and that's the thing is that they're just so different. Like there's almost no reason to compare them. So like, uh, when it comes to Darjeeling, it's literally just preference that ends up leading me to say that that's better. Mm-hmm. Um, but critically, I don't know that I can necessarily tell you it's worse. You know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so I think I might end up landing at a nine. Oh. Okay. Wow. If we if we do that, if it is a nine, the average would be an eighty-seven or an eight-six-seven, um, which puts it above Isle of Dogs at an eight-five-eight. Um, that's also where Life Aquatic is as well. Um, and then let's see, above uh, Royal Tenenbaums at an eight-three-three. Trying to see the the thing that's closest to it. I think Isle of Dogs is the closest to it and life aquatic at an eight six. So it's just barely above um Okay. Isle or below Isle of Dogs. Oh, that's oh with an eight seven five. Um so yeah I mean eight five average or an eighty seven, you know, is, is really how it how it'll change between eight seven five. Yeah, and which nine. isn't which isn't a huge difference. But uh yeah, you know, it's uh I'm kinda I'm kinda split there. I'm kinda you know it's it's a damn good movie. I think the performances carry it, you know, like that's, that's more than anything what I am impressed by with this movie. Um, because visually it is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I don't love the way a lot of his movies look. So it's like, a, it's not a high bar that it had to encompass. Um, it is still very satisfying and there are some very like uh some very compelling shots but there's not a lot where i end up going like that that felt thoughtful you know like it felt like you you really you really gave weight to that moment with your choice of visual you know um mhm yeah i don't know I, I, if it is an 875 that puts it below isle of dogs and uh life aquatic mm, yeah I, it's probably it's probably a nine then it's i don't know if i could if i could say that 
that yeah. Life Aquatic and Isle of Dogs is better than this. No, I don't think I can either. So I'm I'm comfortable with that. I'm I'm 100% cool with giving it a nine and bumping it just above those two. That feels that feels good to me. Yeah, writing wise, I mean, like it's very well written. I love like you're right about the Nolan, like the lines that let you know where a character is at the mm-hmm. time of the movie, and those those are always like you can see it as a little corny, I guess, but like it, it's it's so efficient, like it's so. You don't need a bunch of other dialogue. You just need that one line repeated at oh, different yeah. times in the movie, and it does does incredible. So, like, I think the writing is just what'll hold this, like, what pushes this one up. Like the writing, the performances, and then, but yeah, vi- like visually, I don't think this. I prefer Wes's visuals any day of the week over right. over um, Christopher Nolan's, but. Um, I think it's it's it is just a, a different medium, you know, or it's the same medium, but different different style. Uh, and I wouldn't. Um, it'd be really weird if Nolan all of a sudden was like, "I'm gonna try um, really bright, vibrant colors yeah. for my next movie," and but keep the same dark, gritty tone to it. You know, it'd be yeah. Um, yeah. be really no, weird. no. I guess that's the thing is that I can never knock it because it it fits. It fits what he's what the mm-hmm. topics of discussion. You know, like. This movie, again, I love the color palette in this movie, but like it's there's no reason for it to have any pastel sort of vibe or anything. No, fuck no. There's no reason for uh, like Oppenheimer. There's no fucking way I expect that to be colorful beyond bright fucking orange. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like fire. That's that's the that's the color palette there. A movie where he could have done it a little is Inception. I think like it's a dream. You're in dreams. You're yeah. literally dreaming, and you're inside of someone's dream. That's a good point. That that one probably could have could have go, like, gone with a little bit more of a yeah. Like I mean, it could exciting. it could be anything. Like, why do the dreams have to be re? You know, like I guess it's just easier to film in real life. You know, you don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's a whole different movie that you'd have to make. But, but you're already making a visual effects spectacle. You know, it's kind. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. But you're playing with realism, like. They're playing it's with realism and altering it. Like, yeah, like that's they're yeah. dreaming, and so yeah. yeah. I mean, it make it does make sense. It does make sense. It um, does ultimately. But um, okay. no, nah, but yeah, one hundred percent. Like, I think this is. I think this is a good movie. Uh, it's it's a real good movie, you know. And um, mm. yeah, I have uh, I started my my Nolan list on Letterbox, mm. um, and I put in the Batman's, all the Batman's, um, and then Inception, Interstellar, and the Prestige. Yeah, that's what um, I've got. I got prestige at number three for for mine right now. Um, only below Interstellar and Dark Knight. And I'm tempted to throw it at four below Batman oh, Begins. Yeah, um, I can't. I can't quite yet. I like. I they're they are cl- that's the closest one. I it, there's a gap between Dark Knight and the Prestige, and a bigger gap from Interstellar. Yeah, they prestige are, and Batman Begins. Is, it's like it's they're, they're right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I uh, I don't want to spoil anything for a couple weeks down the line. We were nicer to Batman Begins. Mm. Um. Ah. Okay. I didn't even. But check that. the yeah. other thing is that we're comparing it to superhero movies, and our superhero rating is different than yeah. our director spotlight rating. Mm. Um. You know, we got the genre and the adaptation, and mm. I did the math, and even taking those out, it would be nicer than we were to this movie well um a super enjoyment wise for a batman movie like that it's gonna I mean, go that, up 
Yeah, it was done very, very well. We gave them the same critical score, though. So, and I feel I good about that. I feel good about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I get about the same out of out of this as I do the Prestige. Actually, like, yeah, I, it is just kind of like a Wolverine, Batman, a bunch of. It is kind of like a superhero movie a little bit. Yeah, uh, we gave it the same critical. We were a little bit harsher on it, enjoyment wise. Uh, the Prestige, which I think makes sense. Yeah, know, that does make sense. Yeah, I mean, tracks. A superhero movie can be pretty trash, but I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have fun, you know, movie. like at the very the very least. And uh, this one, uh, I didn't have a lot of fun, but I was wowed. You know, it's, that's that's yeah. the thing is that it, it, you kind of end up going like, damn. And that that does a lot of heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's shaken out to an 87. That's a damn good movie. You know, that's a good fucking movie. Uh, IMDb gives it an 8.5. We're a little uh, kinder, a little and, kinder, uh, which is what we tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, good old tomato meter, ninety-two audience-wise, up. So I mean, nine for enjoyment-wise, that is, makes sense. And a seven-six or seventy-six critically, as we said before, a little higher than Interstellar, which is nuts critically. Crazy. Um, I, I I can actually see it though. Like the there's a lot going on in Interstellar, like a whole yeah. They they made it very real, and he wanted to make sure the science was right. But at a certain point, you just don't need to explain all of that and go down that path because, like, people will clock out when they're having to have, like, a physics lesson during right. their movie. You know, it's like – but this one, it's a magic show, and it's all a show, and it's like yeah. a, a clone is this, the most, you know, technical, I guess, thing that happens there. But, um, but yeah, okay, there we go. The first one in the books for Nolan – First Nolan down, and we only got a couple to go, and I'm very excited to be embarking upon another filmmaker here, mm-hmm. and I cannot wait for next week to discuss Dunkirk. Um, mm. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm 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 glad that we're doing like because Wes Anderson, I I watched all of those multiple times except for Asteroid City prior to coming into it you know this one i i'm not doing that at all every single one will be one viewing hop on the podcast and talk about it so you it's know nice maybe to do that it, it is a a nice like first watch talk through it on the podcast. yeah very nice to do that so yeah that'll be a first watch for the both of us next time that'll be that'll be a lot of fun um, oh, yeah i'll be the first first of those say for mm-hmm. asteroid city of course True. you know the movie movie theater ones will all be I'll be first viewings, most likely. Um, but then, okay. There but we yeah. are. I guess we'll, we'll be back for Dunkirk. Yes, indeed. But uh, with that, if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. All sorts of shit over there for you. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bunch of goodies, bunch of goodies, uh, for $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it is over there. Um, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you might be listening. And, you know, if you if you're into the comic book movie side of things, you know, we talked about Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson, all these all these people, Christopher Nolan. Uh, this Friday, we continue our comic book movie journey through film with Blade Trinity, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, 
that, that was a fun episode to record and it's a surprise a surprising entry into the mm-hmm. comic book movies i i enjoyed that one um but yeah, that was a goodie, and I'm excited for you to hear it. We're continuing our Game of Thrones rewatch podcast. Winter is blooming on Mondays. Uh, this week will bring us Season 4, Episode 6. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very, very happy that we're getting we're getting there with Season 4. Season 4 is probably the best season of Game of Thrones, and we're, we're in the thick of it. Oh yeah, We are in the thick of it. But uh, yeah, man, happy birthday to my mom, yeah. July 5th. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mama. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And we'll see you next week for Dunkirk. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. And abracadabra. <laughs>